Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Here's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Fantasy Baseball Show. We're talking brand new sparkly rookies coming into the major leagues. We're also going to be joined by Brent Radliski of the 1420 Podcast to talk opening day. And we're going to give you some great fantasy advice heading into the new season. That's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Fantasy Baseball Show. Welcome in to a new edition of the Sports Stove Fantasy Baseball Show presented by BellyUpFantasySports.com, Righteous Felon Jerky, and brand new to the show, Mahler Brothers as well. I'm your host, Vince Stover, and I am joined today, as I am almost always, by the senior fantasy baseball writer for BellyUpFantasySports.com, Kevin Wilson. Kevin, welcome back, man. How you doing? Well, you know, we're doing good. You know, this is, I was reading just this morning that this is the last weekend without baseball for the next seven months. And uh, just about a half hour ago, we just got done watching the uh, the final, final four team go. And uh, it went down to the wire. And so anybody, I'd like anybody that raised their hand that's got any of these four teams in their final four bracket. Because this Not is me. the first year I have zero teams in the, my you know final four. And so uh, it's an exciting time, and uh, I'm I'm really getting ready for the season, and it it just it's it's a good time. It is a good time. We want to say hello to our live viewers watching on the Sports Stove YouTube page or the Belly Up Fantasy Facebook page, and all those listening later in your podcast found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. And Kevin, we've got so much to talk about, so let's get right into our first topic. In the fantasy burner. All right, our fantasy burner topic today is these bright and shiny rookies. Uh, news broke yesterday or today. Anthony Volpe with the Yankees, Jordan Walker with the Cardinals, Oscar Colas with the White Sox, all making their opening day rosters. Uh, Volpe winning the starting shortstop job, uh, a surprise. Uh, there, no doubt, Jordan Walker's never seen AAA, uh, and he gets the start uh, in large part due to the World Baseball Classic. We'll talk about that in a moment. And then Oscar Colas getting the call in Chicago as well, adding to that young nucleus of outfielders and kicking Gavin Sheets uh, to the bench 
as well. So let's start with this one, Kevin. Who do you like the best fantasy-wise out of these three guys? All of them should get opportunity. Uh, which one do you think will take advantage of that opportunity? Well, if you're going to be the starting shortstop for the New York Yankees, that is a, something that you're going to have to sit up and take notice. And because uh, they've got, of course, their lineup over there. And uh, I just wish that he was playing a different position, given how deep shortstop is in, in major league, you know, in fantasy and major league baseball. But uh, out of these three guys, he's going to absolutely be in their lineup every day. He's going to have a set place. And so I'm, I'm very excited to see, because I had read earlier that he was going to, Pop might make the opening day roster, but maybe not be a starter. But he is a starter, in fact, for the Yankees. And uh, Kiner uh, Falafa get to the bench. So, yeah. yeah, it's an interesting spot right now. He's projected to bat towards the bottom of the lineup. That can yeah, change, that- of course, with a lot of different things. Um, and he's an interesting one. To me, he's gotten the most hype of being that he's a Yankees guy. We could talk about him with Brent in a little bit as well. Um, and, and so he was kind of, he's being hyped up a lot because he's in New York. It makes a lot of sense. Right. Jordan Walker, who's a huge dude, by the way, six, five, two, right. I think and, and it, there's not a better baseball town you could possibly be in than St. Louis. And so he's going to get a lot of uh, news going about him, seeing as yeah. how he's in St. Louis and all that. And, and well, uh, when you look at his opportunity, so Coming into spring training, the thought was is he'll play AAA this year because he hasn't played in AAA yet. Right. But World Baseball Classic took two starting outfielders for St. Louis uh, to go play in the World Baseball Classic, which gave Jordan Walker all kinds of at-bats. Um, he started off incredibly hot. He got injured, came back, wasn't as great, but still good. He did enough to say he that he belonged in the majors, and he's going to get an opportunity. Now, again, on ESPN right now, and on most fantasy sites, he's listed yeah. as third base because that's, base and that's not happening. Yeah, no Arenado, some guy, I don't know. He's been around yeah. for a little bit. Played he's maybe. been around, and Arenado it's not like he's going to shift across the diamond and play first base because they've got a guy over there you <laughs> know, by yeah. the name of Goldschmidt who happens to be the defending MVP. That's right. So that's yeah. not going to happen. And uh, as we talked, outfield, he's going to go to the outfield. So that makes me question about uh, the other – guy Lars Nutbar Nutbar and so he's going to get kicked to the curb it looks like to me so the the word is Walker's going to get the right field start and St. Louis did a great job with understanding he wasn't going to be playing third base anytime soon uh in no. St. Louis so last year began working him at, at right field preparing him for that and then again he he won the job uh, in in spring training with the opportunity have and opportunity is everything, Kevin. If you got the, the opportunity, opportunity. Oh, that's right. Uh, and then the other guys, Oscar Colas, who goes into the White Sox outfield. Um, this will allow them to play Eloy Jimenez at designated hitter most of the Which time, is where he needs to be so that he's not going to get hurt. Hopefully, right. And then Gavin Sheets is the other guy that gets left out here, um, yep. going to the bench. Now he might still be able to force some playing time, earn some playing time, whatever it may be. But the White Sox have been pretty open with allowing the young guys to come up. And and honestly, Kevin, that's brand new in Major League Baseball. It is, because remember all those before, like Chris Bryant mm-hmm. and all that, because uh, they wouldn't bring him up, and so he missed out on a, uh, his eligibility you know, for a year. 
and that was a big, huge thing, even a couple, even last year, year before. So I guess yeah. they're not worried about that anymore. Yeah, I feel like Tatis was a big one there too that came up earlier than than he could. I think it was Tatis. I can't remember now, but um, it definitely opened the door. And now other teams are saying, you know what? Why not have this guy on the major league field at age twenty two versus wait until twenty four? Or whatever, right. maybe you guys are different it, different ways, you know, where it, they get drafted and everything. And, yeah, especially if they're going to be in the everyday lineup. Let's get yeah. them. Let's get them going. Yeah. And uh, if you're in the everyday lineup for the St. Louis Cardinals, they're not doing that because they they need. You know what I mean? They're they're right. going to they're a playoff caliber team, and so if he's on that team, he is a good player by definition. Yeah, I agree with you 100% on that one. Now, when you're looking at these guys, uh, you may have already answered this when you're talking about Volpe earlier, but out of those three, which one are you more interested in having on your roster? It, my answer would certainly be Volpe, but as I mentioned, since he plays shortstop, then there's not a lot of guys that probably have a need on their roster for a shortstop at this point in the season. And uh, the other two guys are outfielders and outfield kind of craters a little bit once we get to the point at the end of the draft. So if they're on your waiver wire, go ahead and add these guys, either one of them. Yeah. To me. And, and, and Walker, he's got the buzz, so I'm going to give him, and he's playing for the much better team, so I'm going to go with Walker as my guy. So Walker at the moment is slotted in as the main DH, uh, which means Dylan Carlson still holds his right field spot. Lars Newtbar in center field, Tyler O'Neill, uh, excuse me, in left field, Tyler O'Neill in center field. Um, and I think there's a lot of potential there. But I'll tell you what, fantasy value wise, I'm going to go with the guy you you didn't talk about as much, and Oscar Colas. I think the opportunity for him, there's going to be less pressure um, and possibly a longer leash with him than what the other guys are going to see. Because you remember uh, Volpe, he's not the only young guy in New York. No, actually. they're all young guys out there now. <laughs> yeah, you and know. they got, uh, was it, Cabrera at shortstop, Oswald, right. Oswaldo and, Cabrera. And, and Vaughn, he hasn't been around very long. Right, and that's he, true. You know, the new yeah. first baseman. And so, yeah, so there's a lot of young guys over there. And maybe you're right about that because you, you don't get- have to produce right away on a team that has expectations. So maybe that would be the answer to the question. And the other thing we always look at, Kevin, is value. And Oscar Colas is going to have a lot better value right now. People are going to go after Volpe very quickly. They're going to go after Walker as well very quickly. Colas is a guy people are going to go, well, that's a nice story. And then they're going to pass on him. So you can get get Colas very, very cheap. And uh, your value is going to be there with him. But I think, like you said, if they're available in your league, go get these guys. Um, you want well, them on your team. Our guys in our league are on the ball because yes, none are. of these three are available. <laughs> That's right. None of them. Yep. I went yeah. to grab all three of them and ended up with no loss. Volpe has the highest roster percentage at 16.8. Yep. But still, all three of them are rostered in our league, and it's only a 10-man league. Yep. So it's not like we got 20 guys or whatever that they're just grasping for straws. Yep. So, hands right. up to our league. Toys available for your fantasy baseball league. Hey, Kevin, let's keep this thing moving. Let's get to our oh, second right. segment, our call to the pin. 
It's time for our guest segment. We named our call to the pin. Call to the pin is presented by Righteous Felon Jerky. If you want the purest jerky in the game, you got to go straight to the source. Righteous Felon has partnered with the best natural black Angus beef producers in the land, and they locked up the supply and guarantee the best tasting, best textured, and freshest beef jerky on the market. Go to RighteousFelon.com. Use the promo code BELLYUP. You're going to get 15% off your purchase, and check this out. Just came in this weekend. Teriyaki Balboa. posted it on your account. I was like, whoa, that looks good. Soul Survivor. And then I warrior ordered my favorite Baby Blues Barbecue as well. So I got three flavors here that I'm munching on uh, here tonight from Righteous Felon. But let's bring in our guest of the day. He is Brent Radlitsky, the host of the 1420 Podcast. And if you couldn't tell by seeing, a Yankees fan as well. Brent, thanks for joining the show, man. How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm just kind of figuring out how to get some of that righteous felon jerky up here in Canada. The stuff looks pretty good. It is. I tell you, the texture, I'm a huge jerky guy. I grew up on venison jerky. Oh, yeah. Um, but uh, I tell you what, the texture is phenomenal. And the Baby Blues Barbecue is my favorite, but the Soul Survivor, it's a uh, Korean barbecue. Oh, pretty solid. Pretty solid. Man, I, I, I like myself some jerky as well. How are you doing tonight, guys? Doing We're great. doing great. So Let's talk about Volpe since, since you're here and a Yankees fan. The news comes in that he's going to not only be on the opening day roster, start at shortstop. What's your feelings on that? You know what? I like it for a couple of things. The Yankees don't normally bring guys up this early in the season. They make them sit in the in the in in the bullpen. They make them sit in the minor for a little bit. It's a long time since the Yankees have brought anybody up to to start the season off. It, it brings in some. Uh, Youth exuberance, I guess, is what's going to bring to, the, to this lineup. I think it's a smart move by the Yankees. It's, it's not only um, just for the, the the simple reason that he's a he's a better player right now than IKF is, but it also it has that situation where you have a guy who wasn't there last year, and the, the, it, it gets the, the fan base thinking, okay, we're moving forward with this team a little bit, and we're not sitting there singing. Okay, IKF because no one no one liked him very much. And I think it's a, it's a smart move by the Yankees. It's a smart move by by the by 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 the, by the front office to do this, and it can't hurt the team at all. I, there is a little situation where I think you're going to see Volpe. We'll find out that pinstripes are a little bit heavy, and it might be a little <laughs> bit tough right now coming into a season because the Yankees expect to win every year, which they're not going to. But it's 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 it, it might be a tough move. But I think it's a smart move by by, by the front office and by by the brass to have have Volpe in there. So what does that mean for the other roster? I haven't seen who's not making the opening day roster, and I didn't do a lot of research on that this this afternoon either. Um, but what's that going to sit like then for the rest of the roster? Does that mean uh, Kiner Falafa is going to find his way off the team, or is he just going to hang out as that utility guy? I think that he's – I think they might – he's – I – I don't think there's a way they can possibly keep IKF on the roster. I, there, there's just no way the 26 guy, and he, there's a lot of injuries that are, that are inside and outside. Bader's out with, with the Yankees, and I. I but I, I you're, you're, you have a situation here where IKF might be the the odd man out, no matter what. Yes, they have some injuries to their pitching staff to try to find a way. Maybe they'll, they'll, they'll try, try try to find a trade partner for for Kiner Falefa because there, there are some some arms in the uh in the Yankee system that are that are they're that are hurting a lot and Bader's out as well so that I think that IKF is going to be a, a trade partner for for some teams but I don't know how you can trade a guy who didn't have a very good season everybody says they have these guys yeah we trade him we can trade him we can, but if no if if you don't want him why would any anybody else want him so I don't know what you're going to do with that 
So they yeah. were they were going to – I don't know if they actually – did they actually put him in the outfield in spring training? I heard that's what they were going to do with him, and, and that that must not have gone well. They tried him in center field for a couple of games, and he, and he basically was saying uh, – I'm paraphrasing him. Well, it's, it's a new position for me. And with the New York Yankees, you can't have a guy uh, – a new position guy. You have a uh, you have wealth beyond belief that you can't just say, "Well, we'll try you here and try you there." That's not the way things work in Yankee Land. We, you you don't try players at positions when when it comes to the New York Yankees. And I think with most teams, you can't be trying people when you're trying to win a World Series year in year out. You don't try people at a position. And uh, uh, IKF, I think by by making that statement, he's basically saying, "I want out." Yeah, he said he wants to stay with the Yankees. But the writing is on the wall that he's see you later. I got, it's it, it's, uh, it's it's time to go. Time to go now. Since February twenty first of this year, Frankie Montas arthroscopic shoulder surgery. Yeah. Uh, Carlos Rodon strained forearm, and Luis Severino most recently the strained lat. Um, those are three arms that you were hoping and expecting to have in the rotation that now leave you. It looks like pretty thin. Now, I granted, I don't know. I don't study the Yankees' depth at pitching very often, but um, it looks like that pitching rotation to start the season is probably a lot thinner than they were thinking it was going to be. It's really bad. I was really hoping hoping for a bounce-back season for Severino. He's a guy that we've been hoping to uh, go over the hump since 2017. My favorite Yankee team in recent history was 2017, but he has been struggling to, to stay healthy, and now with a, a, a lot, uh, a lot uh, injury, you just don't know what those things can go. Like when you, when it's your arm, they can say this, but when it comes to backs and lats and the whole thing, you don't know when a guy can come back because those things can, can hurt for a long time and you don't know how to diagnose that. And Severino was supposed to have a year this year where he was going to be the guy because he's in free agency this coming off season. He was going to put up big numbers for the Yankees throughout the, throughout the, throughout this season and having Severino out Montas, that has been a disaster since the, uh, he got acquired last year. From the Oakland so did days. they know he was hurt when they made that trade? Kevin, it's funny you say that. I knew he was hurt. You knew he was hurt. Vince knew he was hurt. How how Cashman and the rest of them didn't know he was hurt? I have no idea. How this right, is all turned said, out for I was the Yankees hurt when they made this trade? He they knew that. he was hurt and he hasn't pitched a game. He's not and he's out until at least August. They say and it's probably going to be longer. And then the. The uh, the Rodon the Rodon signing, which was supposed to be the big one, twenty five or thirty sheets a year, and he's not going to pitch until at least April or, or till 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 May. They say, but with arms, you just never know. And it it scares me a little bit as a Yankee fan. Opening days on Thursday with the uh, San Francisco Giants coming to the Bronx, and you have a a pitching staff that's that's not solid at all. And I I expect I personally expect. Uh, Nestor Cortez to take a step back a little bit because there's no way you can trust a he's a it's only fifth year in the league but a journeyman kind of guy that pitching staff isn't as good as as uh, the money they're spending that that's my opinion. Well, I'd agree with you. I mean, yeah, Cole, no way around other conclusions. Yeah. Cole is clearly an ace. I mean, he's one of the best in the league. Uh, if but not- even he goes through that as we talked about. He, there's a certain stage of the season where all of a sudden things are not going his way. And then he pushes his way out of it, and then he winds up with the numbers he he has. Last year, Garrett Cole was the picture or the the uh, what's the word I'm looking for the poster Poster boy boy. for for the spider tech, 
and they cracked down on it, and then he took a slump there. And it was never officially reported that was the issue, but he took a slump. But then he, he worked his way back and finished as a great fantasy fantasy pitcher. I'm not your average Yankee guy. I uh, I'm I'm not saying like I'm not a chase for twenty eight guy. I'm not this guy. Like I I call I call them out a year in year out. I, and I don't think Cole's the guy. And mm. I I've never thought that for whatever reason. I, it, it, maybe it's more of an eye test thing. And uh, yeah, the stats are here, and he gets this many wins, and he get. But uh, for for thirty five million bucks a year, I don't. He think doesn't deliver thirty five million bucks. And I don't right, think right. the Yankees get the bang for their buck for their thirty-five million bucks a year with, with Garrett Cole. I really don't. Right. I, I think there's a lot to to uh, to to leave behind with the guy. Uh, I don't trust him in in a situation, especially with the short porch in the Bronx, where he does give up a lot of home runs. No matter where he plays, Garrett Cole gives up home runs. He's not that shutdown guy. I don't trust him to win a playoff game. I don't trust him to win a game. And maybe that that's just uh, being a I don't know what the word I'm looking for, but I don't think he's the guy to, to put the guys over the hump. You look back to 2009 when the Yankees brought in CC Sabathia, he was the guy. You could trust him to be the guy. I actually even I liked AJ Burnett coming from the the uh, the, the the Blue Jays back back in the day. He was the guy like up here in Canada. You see a lot of Blue Jays games, and Burnett was that kind of a guy. I don't think that that Garrett Cole is even. The, the same kind of a pitcher as AJ Burnett. I, I really don't. I there's something that's just not there. I don't think he he's the the stopper that the Yankees need. I don't I don't I I, I just don't I don't know how to pinpoint it guys, but he just doesn't seem to be that kind of a guy. Do the Yankees land either Shohei or Corbin Burns next year? I think Shohei Otani will not there's a reason why he didn't go there the first time. There's a reason why he decided on, on the West Coast uh, and everything else. I think Shohei Otani ends up in it with a team like um, San Diego, who decided to they, they tried to give um, they, they tried to give how much money to Aaron Judge, and Judge said no. And I think Shohei Otani just makes 60, 70 million bucks a year over in San Diego. It's going like what he did in, in the World Baseball Classic is going to be really. It was it was amazing to watch. We can talk on that in a second if you want to. But yeah. what what Otani did in that World Baseball Classic, and it's unprecedented. And you, like, what he's getting this year, thirty million bucks, is a bargain compared to what he should be getting paid this year compared to what other other player, player players make. Yeah. So I heard. I think it was Dan Patrick that said this week, this past week, he's like he needs to get paid like two players. He's a pitcher and he's a he hitter, is. so he needs to get paid fifty or sixty million a year. That's a lot of money, but. Someone's going to give it to him, right? There won't be anybody who won't. Like, yeah. if you think about Seattle, Seattle might be a team who does it because if you think about it, like, I, I hate to keep, uh, keep crapping on my 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 alleged guy, Garrett Cole, but he's a better, he, he's just as good as Cole is and he hits, yeah. right? And so you, you have a guy who's uh, like, and you got to think, Judge was offered 40 some million bucks a year by San Diego and he said no, but at 40 million bucks and 40 million bucks, that's 80 million bucks. And that's, that's not out of the realm of possibility for, for a guy like Shohei Otani, who will do, do nothing but bring people to the to the stadium, sell T-shirts, yeah, on and on and on. Game, every game, they're, they're either coming to watch him pitch or hit. Or, or hit. both sometimes. So. Yeah, he's, he's un, it's it's something you haven't seen and, and how he only got $30 million in arbitration. It, it maybe it surprised your arbiters a little bit. Like we don't know what to give this guy because we have never seen it before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that world baseball classic, not just for Otani. We talked about it a little bit last week, 
Um, but Randy Rosarena, uh, me and my dad talked about him oh. on Wednesday night show. The things that he did in the World Baseball Classic. Trey Turner, Mike Trout, both uh, just kind of boosted their American love uh, in, in that time as well. Um, and it seems like baseball had a phenomenal year last year, um, a really good year the year before. Now they get this World Baseball Classic to introduce the season. So we're coming in with eyes right. on baseball. And that's that's something that's not normal, I don't feel like, at this time of year. You know, Vince, I, I was talking about this with a friend of mine yesterday. We were talking about this thing. I was out in the ball field yesterday. I umpired a little bit. And and he was saying that the, the way that this is bring, bringing the, the, the game to to not – and not so much outs, outsiders who, 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 never, who never watch games, but people who only watch five to ten games a year. The way that this World Baseball Classic and Randy Rosarino, like everybody talks about Otani, how great he was, and yes, he was. But the way Rosarino was signing autographs in the outfield, and the way he was, uh, when his poses when he got he got a double or whatever it happened to be, that was bringing more eyeballs. Like this is fun, and and the fun part of baseball. And I used to be maybe you guys might be the same way I was. I was a anti bat flip guy. And I was, don't do this and don't do that and respect the game. But the, the way this all brought things about to me, it, it only made the game better. And the way the players, the way the players embrace this World Baseball Classic compared to years in the past, when you have guys like Trey Turner saying the, the, the biggest hit he ever had was that Grand Slam. And he was, he's played in World Series. And you had, and you had guys who were just so enthralled with this. And Mike Trout, which I'm not a, a big Trout guy, but the way Mike Trout's saying this is the most fun he's ever had in baseball. Well, because you're playing a bad team. Oh, and you, oh, yeah, yeah, he's made and the you signed up for that for, for the rest that, of your life. Yeah. Uh, but the way these guys were, were seeing how great the World Baseball Classic was, and it was to a man, like I, like I said, I was anti-bat flip guy. But the way that the, the Latin countries were, were, were Latin American countries were, were loving the game and the way the crowds were doing it. And they weren't the stuffy baseball guys that we do have in Canada and in the United States where don't do this, don't do that. Uh, the World Baseball Classic made this game just so much better for for everybody. And anybody who says anything bad about it, I think they're, they're missing out because yeah. th there was nothing wrong with that exhibition of baseball. It, there was but nothing wrong with that The only thing that I all. could say that's negative about the world baseball classic was in America, you had to find FS one to watch it. <laughs> I don't know about up there in Canada, but in Japan, 90% of the TVs were on this game. So yeah. obviously they knew where the channel was to go and watch this thing over here in America. FS one, I couldn't tell you what channel that is. It's 600 and something. Yeah, we right. had it on, so on Sportsnet, which covers the Blue Jays. There's a whole thing there right, with, with how things are covered here in Canada and the Jays. Yeah. So it was fantastic. That's the only negative thing I could think of that America missed next, the boat. Next um, World Baseball Classic, we just got to go to Canada and watch the games Watch the games up there. Channel 214, she's right there every time. No, front, no matter <laughs> <Okay>. what. <laughs> hey, opening day is this week, uh, Thursday. And I, I believe for the first time in a long time, every single team is playing yeah. on opening day this year. If you remember back in the day, yeah. it used to be the Cincinnati Reds, Reds played the first one. game every year. Yeah. And they stopped doing that. And I think this is the first year ever. That I knew all, it was a long time. I couldn't remember if it was ever or not. Yeah. I think it is ever. But every team plays on Thursday, every last one of them. Yeah. And I love that because I. I'll have my headphones in while I'm at work and listening yeah. to some, some Brewers baseball, having a good time uh, back into baseball season. Brent, when you look at opening day this year, what what do you think is the storyline for this season? 
I think the storyline this year is what's going to happen with Shohei Otani and will he fin- finish the season with the California or with Anna, that's how old I am all of a sudden, California <laughs> right? Angels, hey, the Anaheim went, Angels or the yeah, Los Angeles, whatever actually they're called. I went to the stadium in, in Anaheim when they were the California Angels. So I'm with yeah. you on that. I had an old uh, one of those old uh, the the nacho bucket but I, the, the helmets used to wear when you get them at a, at a fair as a kid. But the, I think it, the, the the thing is, will the Anaheim Angels uh, keep Otani, and will he end up a, a Met? I think that is the biggest thing for me because I think the Mets are are opposed to win a championship and win a championship soon. I, I think that uh, Steve Cohen is he said I'm I have fourteen billion dollars actual dollars, not that fake money that people talk about. He has actual fourteen billion. <laughs> dollars he's not afraid to spend and if if the uh the anaheim angels or california whatever you want to call them uh when when they're out of contention by day three by by, by next sunday a week <laughs> a, a week from right now they're going to say we're, we're done Where, where's otani going to go yeah. um because they will get a, a big return for him because because uh mlb general managers they they love draft picks and they they love prospects and i'm not exactly sure why because championships I'm not are way cooler first than overall prospects. pick and he'll never make it to the major league well he's, that's exactly and, and that's one thing i've never understood with with with, uh, with general managers and what no matter or you what you take you're the 30th about. overall pick you know in the 30th round and then he's yeah. an all-star Mike, Mike Piazza, you think about what he did, right? Made it work to a degree when they tanked and rebuilt kind of younger, and and of course they cheated to win, but nonetheless, well, there's uh, that too. Yeah, there's that too. But uh, let me ask you this because uh, I know you're an AL East. Well, let's start with AL East. Um, are the Blue Jays going to win this year, the pennant, or are they are they still behind the Yankees? You know, I I like what the Jays have done a lot. They went and added some pitching, and and they they went and got Brandon Belt from from San Francisco. They signed him. I like that move for the Jays a lot because. That disaster they had in the playoffs last season when they, they lost that game, game they were up 8-1 or whatever it was, and losing that game to Seattle, losing in the wild card round. I like that they went out and got a guy who's learned, who knows how to win a little bit. And they, and they they didn't pay him a lot. I mean, $9.1 million bucks is, is a lot in, in my world. I don't know what you right. guys make off your podcast, but <laughs> yeah, uh, that was- in, in that one, I, I like that move that the Jays have. And people, uh, they're they're going to hit more home runs this year because they they are doing some renovations at the Rogers Center, so the the bats are going to be more alive than, than they have been in the past. Rogers Center was was hitter friendly uh, beforehand, anyways, but now even more so. They're bringing the fences in to improve the fan experience around Toronto. Uh, the the Jays are right there. They're right there. They they added some pitching. The Jays are, are a better team in my eyes than than the New York Yankees right now because the Yankees have a lot of question marks. On, on the left side of the infield, I, I don't know if you can trust uh, the the president of Josh Donaldson fan club, who was Josh Donaldson, no, to, to do much. I, I don't like. I, I never liked that acquisition. No, D- Donald D- Donaldson in 2017, absolutely. Donaldson sure. 2016. Now, now he's you now he's getting up there in age. Uh, great defense, but can't hit. Uh, the Yankees, the with the injuries they have, with their arms in in the uh, in the first first month of the season that's going to hurt because the Yankees got off to a great start last year and then they rolled the bat of Aaron Judge to uh to to win the division last year 99 wins I think it was I don't see that them them replicating that and somehow Tampa just keeps doing it year in year out with their nickel and diming and they have a great pitching right. staff even better this year I, I think Tampa I think Tampa's right there are the, are the Yankees third 
No. Are are the 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 Jays number one probably? So I, I think you have a Jays a Jays and Yankees kind of one two thing in that division. Uh, it's going to be tough. Baltimore is a lot better, but now with the, with with how the, the 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 divisions are split up, where everybody plays everybody all the time, uh, you don't have to depend on interdivision as much. But I, I think that the, uh, the the Jays for sure are a better team. Guerrero is one of the best players in baseball, and uh, you, he's going to hit a lot of home runs in that revamped that that revamped Skydome, which I still call it the Skydome to this day. Uh, <laughs> and, and you and you can't expect Aaron Judge to hit sixty two. And no. because that's only happened once before. Well, what would you say is about the medium for him coming in at 40, 45? I think you're going to see Aaron Judge hit 45. And I think you're going to see see Rizzo hit a few more this year as well. I think you'll have a because he'll he'll get a few few more pitches to see this year. Uh, the Volpe, like we were talking earlier on, Volpe coming in, he depends how that goes. But I, I think you can see Judge take take a step back because hitting 62 is never going to happen for another 60 years. It, it took how many years for that to happen again? And they and like I said, they they rolled the bat of Aaron Judge a lot in the second half of the season because they did not have a good. A good second half. They they got they started off so great last year, and you can't expect that to happen ever again. Brent, tell us about fourteen twenty sports podcast. So what's what's it all about? The fourteen twenty sports podcast was uh, born out of uh, COVID boredom back in two thousand twenty. Is what <laughs> happened down here down here in the basement, and I uh, was sitting around, and my wife was talking about you. You, you got to start doing something, man. Something's got to be <laughs> sitting around doing nothing. And uh, I had I had four beers in front of me and sitting there, and and uh, in Canada we'd go by the metric system, so three fifty five times four is fourteen twenty, and that's how it all came about. So that's what fourteen twenty is all about. And it's just uh, me, me and a friend, we get together a couple times. Times a week, and we just uh, sit down like we're talking, like in a sports bar, BSing about sports, and that's how it all came about back in uh, the August of 2020. So that that it's a really simple thing. I, I wish it was a better story, Vince, but it, that, that that that's all it really is. And we just we we BS about sports a couple times a week and uh, and have a lot of fun doing it. Well, I won't lie and say I've caught every episode, but I have tuned in, and uh, it's good stuff. I encourage people to go out and take a listen to it. And right, I absolutely do that. It's not. Um, let me see if I can word this the right way without upsetting people. Sometimes on Belly Up, there, there's there's two different kinds of shows on Belly Up. Some are a little off the wall, and some are a little bit more traditional sports talk. And uh, Brent falls more towards the traditional side of things. And personally, I love that. So I, I enjoy the show. Yeah, and, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm big on that as well. So. Yeah. So. No, we're doing our best. We're growing every day. A lot, of, a lot of fun being had, and we're trying different things every day. And you, you, you throw enough crap in the wall. Some, 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 some sticks and some doesn't. Right, the boys. Right. And you, as you guys know. So, though, thank you very much for having me on the show tonight. And uh, yeah, it's been. Uh, and we'll have to hook up and have you guys on our show later on throughout the baseball. Season. Absolutely. Just awesome. Put thanks, Brent, down there. So. We appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Yep, that's Brent Radlinski again from the 1420 Podcast. Uh, before we go to our next segment, I want to let you know about a new sponsor on the show, Mahler Bros Golf. Uh, and you can find more information at MahlerBros.com and use that promo code BELLYUP to get your 15% discount as well. We all want to look good on the golf course, but it often comes at the expense of feeling good. Mahler Bros Golf has the polos that look good and feel good with their lightweight and stretchy material that hugs your body you feel cool while looking just as cool their polos are guaranteed to make you look better but it's up to you to golf better on a hot summer day on the golf course there's no polo that you would rather wear than Mahler Bros signature polos 
Mahler Bros Golf has a large catalog of polos with designs for those who want a loud design and others for those that want a subtle and sleek-looking design. Uh, they also have fun T-shirts, hats, tumblers, and so much more to make your golfing experience better. Use code BELLYUP at MahlerBros.com for 15% off your purchase. Uh, Kev, I just went golfing this week, Thursday. Had a blast, uh, but I didn't look great doing it, so I need to get me some Mahler Bros golf. They definitely need to get on it and see if they have like a, a daily you know, collection over daily. there. Yeah. Yeah, they got some loud ones. They, I, I've been on the website. They got some. They got some loud ones on there for sure. All right, let's get into our third segment of the day: our fantasy focus. Fantasy focus is presented by BellyUpFantasySports.com, your number one stop for fantasy sports information. Uh, again, BellyUpFantasySports.com, football, basketball, hockey, baseball, everything is there. You can even find Kevin's latest article or my my favorite my favorite my latest article as well. All available. That's you your favorite. You can, you can <laughs> yeah, say sure, that. sure is my favorite. On um, BellyUpFantasySports.com, make sure you go check it out. All right, we had our draft last week, Kevin. Uh, right, heard one week people, ago. Heard it from a couple people that tuned in, listened to some of it, and things like that, and got some feedback on it. And so I want to. Start this week by um, your favorite pick from your team that you landed in the draft that you thought, man, I wasn't sure I was going to get them, and I landed them. And every time I look at my roster, I go, I'm so thankful I got that guy. Who's who's that guy on your team? Well, the guy that I got was because you scared me in the second round when you were oh. talking about I was going to take Machado, <laughs> and I was like, no, Vince, don't do that. And uh, but you passed on him. And so I landed him in the second round. I thought that was that's big. Third base, as we all know, is is slim pickings after mm -hmm. the first six or seven guys. And so I landed him and I was very glad about that. And because uh, I had I had a definite plan, strategy when I was going into this draft, and that is in the first round. At number seven, I was either going to go uh, Judge, who went number six. Mm -hmm. And I usually don't go a pitcher in the first round. But if Corbin Burns had been there, I would have done that. Because I was thinking, to, in every single fantasy mock draft that I did, in the third round, Paul Goldschmidt was there mm. for me. And so I thought, I didn't take Guerrero in the first round, because I think that there's a lot of people down on, on Goldschmidt. I'm not getting in. I don't understand that. But I thought that their production would be pretty similar between Guerrero and Goldschmidt. And if I could get him in the third, that would be tremendous value. But as we all know, that, in fact, did not occur. Because <laughs> he went off the board in the very first pick of the third round. Right. And so uh, I was quite pleased with my first two picks. I took Mookie Betts. Mm -hmm. at number one you know my first pick and uh you immediately you were like oh man i wanted him yeah but i was not going to take a first baseman in that first round simply because i thought goldschmidt was going to be there mm -hmm. and so i took mookie Betts, and i'm not buying that he's going to get second base eligibility <laughs> if he does that's great but he's a valuable guy oh yeah anyway yeah so me getting Mookie Betts, I was happy with that. And then getting Machado in the second round, I was happy with that. 
Yeah, good good landing spots for both of those guys, for sure. You know, I look at my team, and I think probably the guy I'm the most excited about is Corbin Carroll with the Diamondbacks. Um, he was a guy that I wanted going in, and I, I thought I may have waited too long for him. I got him at pick 110, um, and That's I think – Excellent value there. I agree. Um, I, I think that that one value. was a spot that was – that looking back on at the end of the season, I think that's going to be one where you go, man, 110. That's, that's a deal for Corbin Carroll. And then there's another guy, Kevin, that last year I was avoiding at all costs. I thought he was being overdrafted so far. He's on both of my fantasy teams. I still have another draft going on this week. It's Starling Marte. He just continues to fall down these draft boards and I'm sitting there picking guys and I, I'm looking at my outfield going, I need an outfielder, a pick 131 this year, Starling Marte. And uh, I got to tell you, I didn't go into the draft expecting to pick him um, because he's had some injury issues. He's getting older and different things. But there just comes a point in time where you go, my goodness, this is the right time for this guy. And and I would have, because I've got some pretty good outfielders. And so that was not my focus later on in the draft. If, If... I would I would take Starling Marte and be happy about it. I had him a year ago, and I yeah. was very happy about it. Because as you said, you know, this is a player that Kevin loved. Yeah. And uh, he actually produced. And so how could you not like Starling Marte where you picked him? Right. Uh, let's talk about catchers for a second, Kev, because we talked about it before. You were a MJ Melendez fan, but you also liked some other guys there too. We both felt like it's a relatively deep, position this year absolutely deeper than it's ever been maybe yeah and um so in our league i went with adley rutschman again i like him i like him having him on my team i got him um, pick 71 um in the draft uh who did you end up with that catcher i i wound up with tyler stevenson that's right because as you pointed out i think it wasn't it nick that that poached mj melendez from me i think that's who it was yeah and so, uh, you know, I feel pretty good about getting Stevenson because, let me see, I picked him at pick 187. Yeah. So there's a lot of value there if he stays upright. Yep. And uh, the only thing, I guess he's going to play some DH that sure. they were saying, but he doesn't have DH yet. It, it's just right. catcher. So. Not that that means a whole lot, but if he does DH, then he's going to stay in the light up more, a little bit more. Yeah. And so then I took Danny Jansen at the last pick, and I am still to this minute thinking, why did I do that? <laughs> and so uh, if Kevin, I'm going to make a move. I wish I could rewind and listen to Kevin just yell at people who take two catchers. And- right. And, and you I, took Danny Jansen. The first, my first thought was, first of all, I don't mind the pick because he's a good catcher. He's going right, to get, but he's points. not the everyday catcher. That's correct. That's the, that's the thing that, that that I still can't believe I did that because they've got two everyday catchers up there in Toronto. Yeah, and yeah. so he's not going to be in the lineup every day, and so that's going to take up a roster spot that maybe I'm going to need for somebody else. Uh, I, I've, I've got, I think I've got pretty much a good variety of, of players that, and, and there's no position like, uh, I've got two shortstops and that's it mm-hmm. on my team and, uh, Edmund and Horner. I think that's pretty, pretty solid. 
But everywhere else, I've got three or four guys that could play each position. And so um, I, trouble. So I think I'm okay. I, I got in trouble with that, Kevin, in the draft. I got Nolan Arenado early on as my third baseman, which is perfect. No big deal. Mm -hmm. Then I got yeah. Vinny Pasquantino as my first baseman. I went forever right. without getting another corner infielder. I ended up with Ty France later in the draft. Okay. But I got to the towards the end of the draft, and I thought I don't have a second third baseman. If if Arenado gets injured, if he sits out a game, I got nobody to put right. in that spot. But she'll so sit out maybe, maybe not a lot. He's gonna get he's some rest. game, you yeah. know. But he's not he's not a young kid anymore. Right. So I picked two eleven. I went out and got Isaac Paredes, and some people kind of laughed at that pick. But Paredes, after G Man Choi gets traded from Tampa. That opens up an everyday spot for Paredes at third base. He's going to play start at least at third base. Now he could lose that job if he doesn't play well, um, but he should get some everyday play. He had a decent year last year. He's a young kid with potential as well. Um, but what about this guy? Uh, I ended up on my team in this draft. Uh, did not get him in the other one. I was going to get him in my other league as well. But at pick 190, Giancarlo Stanton. I mean, it was four years ago. If you could say you have Bellinger, Yelich, and Stanton on your team, you're going, boy, that's an incredible outfield. Right. That's an <laughs> outfield that could average 35-plus homers. Yeah. And I've got all three of them on my team this year, and nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> but Giancarlo Stanton, he has fallen way down. I, he has fallen way down, and I kind of understand because I had him last year. Mm -hmm. And uh, he it was a battle whether or not you know he was going to play, not play. And um, if, and especially with this news about bringing up, you know, all these young guys for the for the Yankees, maybe mm -hmm. they just just put him at DH. Just put him at DH. He does not need to be in that outfield another second. And if they can do that and leave him out there in DH, maybe there there's value there. I, maybe. Maybe so. Now, maybe so. I drafted a league on Friday night. And like I said, it's a keeper league. We keep nine guys. So it's almost a dynasty uh, kind of mentality. But um, in that league, I picked up Gunnar Henderson. Uh, okay. my, first, my first pick that was in round 10. Um, I ended up getting both MJ Melendez and Wilson Contreras on my team. Uh, okay. Because I had no outfielders. And so Melendez is going to be playing outfield that's, for me. On right. This. That's a little bit different than having just two regular catchers on your staff because – as you mentioned, Melendez in the outfield. Yeah. And uh he 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 he'll 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 retain that catcher eligibility, which you don't care about at this point in time. Right. But uh he'll be in the outfield, so I like that. And so uh well, I, I got actually got Corbin Carroll with my first pick and I got Henderson with my second pick. And those are two just dynamic young guys. Yeah. And especially if Gunnar Henderson can deliver and then there's your third baseman that you're talking about <laughs> yep. that solves any kind of, you know, issues. Well, it's we don't have enough players at third or whatever else. But if he delivers, right. then all of a sudden that's a strong position. It's only he going into it. I don't even think he played a full year last year. No, I don't think so. Right. No, I don't think he did either. But it's, so that's a young guy. Carol Carroll, it's his first full year. Yep. And so – the those are two picks that that you got to be really excited about. If you, if the keeper league, yeah, because you know, I go you're young. Keep those guys. 
yeah, take my shot with the young guys in those keeper leagues to give an opportunity to keep them next year, you know. Um, let's right. go back to, to our draft pitchers. Um, yeah, I got pitchers. Nola. I got Nola in the first. Well, he's technically second round. I had the the turn there, the 10, 10 and then turn into the second round as my first. And, and, and the Nola. good news, Vince, on him is that they broke off negotiations. I don't know if you saw yeah. that or not. And so he's pitching for a new deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You like you like that a lot. I like that a lot mm. because I had heard earlier that they were negotiating. And I'm like, well, if they come to a deal, then then the, all the motivation tank is now empty. <laughs> goes goes the wrong way. Yeah. Right. Um, but but yeah. So their their nego- negotiations are over, and so I really like that pick. Uh, a lot of people might question that he's the third pitcher coming off the board. I'm not questioning that at all. Yeah, that's right where I had him slotted at. Um, I would have taken Burns, of course, if I had the opportunity. Both of us liked him a lot. Yeah. Both of us did. I ended up with Woodruff. So, uh, Woodruff's another guy I didn't plan on drafting. Uh, I like Woodruff. I think he's fun to cheer for. But um, when I look at fantasy stuff, I don't usually think of Woodruff as a great fantasy pitcher. But um, he's a plus 500 points guy in our league. And so that was a, uh, my second pitcher. I got Lodolo, yeah. who I love. We talked about him before. Um Freddie Peralta, who I'm scared about, but a Milwaukee guy. I like him, cheer for him. Jesus Lazardo is a guy I got in both leagues as well. Uh, Marlins pitcher, who's been injured, but he's young. Um, and if he's healthy, I mean, this is a guy that can sling the ball. So I was oh, happy. With Lazardo. Um, what about your pitching staff? What do you like so, about your pitching staff? I'm, for reasons that I'm still trying to figure out what I was up to, because I – I took Machado, as I talked about before, and then I lost all consciousness, I guess, and I took Austin Riley, which locks down third base like no other buddy, buddy's business. But the pitching staff, because I took Strider in the fourth, mm-hmm. and that's, that's there, there are guys that are not sold on him, and I'm not buying that for a second. This is a big, strong guy who struck out people like we haven't seen since Nolan Ryan's day. And so I'm, he's a, my number one pitcher, which I'm, a, I'm, I'm really happy about. But then I went ahead and I took Zach Gallon. He's my number two pitcher. And I see all kinds of issues <laughs> coming down the road with him because he got bombed in his last spring strain, uh, spring training start. And he opens the season against the Dodgers on opening day. And so uh, that's not a situation where you're – that's not, fi- you know, fantasy, you know, success starting against the Dodgers in Dodger Stadium. Mm-hmm. So I'm a little leery about that. And um, and then I was just taking guys that – like Jeff Montgomery I have as a, as a, as a, as a mid-round guy. And then I had Dennis Ra- or Drew Rasperson. I got him, and uh, Jeffrey Springs. I got him. Uh, I'm not too sure about Ryan Presley. I took him as my relief pitcher for Houston. Maybe that was a little early on my part, but I got him. And then I got Sandoval at the end. Then Perez. Then Michael Kopech, which is a guy I think that's really going to do some things this year for the White Sox. Yeah, I agree. You know, Strider's a guy, I like Strider fine. I didn't want him as my first guy. Um, now, maybe it works out for you. And Zach Gallon, I was going to take him around the same time that you took him. 
Um, there is risk. I took him because you didn't. That's what happened yeah. there. There's risk. There's risk with him. Um, and and that's why I passed on him when I did. But had he been there the next time around, I would have taken him for sure. Uh, I like Gallon a lot if he can stay healthy. If I think he can Strider stay healthy and, and if he could please keep the ball in the ballpark, that would be awesome. <laughs> Yeah. Strider and Gallon together, I like for you. And then the rest of the guys are going to be, you know, how, how do they turn out? What do they do? Do they do they stay healthy? Do they finish out the season? Um, how do those right. guys play? You're kind of pitching pitching with hope, kind of the same way that I'm hitting with hope. Um, you're you're pitching with hope a little bit this year, right? I, you know, because in the other league that I'm in, I went pitcher heavy earlier. Because in that league, it I went into that with the same philosophy of I was going. I didn't get Paul Goldschmidt in the third round in either draft. And so uh, after getting him in every mock draft I was involved in, and so I went a little different on that. I got some, I got three guys that are starting an opening day in the other league. So hmm. I, I think that pitching is a lot better over there. And so I guess hitting better carry the day for me because, <laughs> you know, Outfield, Betts, Mullen, Robert, that's solid. And uh, Vaughn at, at outfield and first base. And uh, they're still saying he's day-to-day, but he's going to be fine. Yeah. And then uh, Simeon at second, that's that's solid. And uh, Talk about Luis Arraez, uh from Miami. Of course, he was the big addition for Miami this year. You got a lot of opinions on him. Pick 74 in another league. I got him at pick 147. Um, now that's a categories league. Uh, the other league is this is a point league, so there's some difference there, but I don't think there's 70 picks difference between categories and point league. That um, you know, I was surprised he was still around. I noticed that that there's a huge difference when you take in not only on, on let's say ESPN and Yahoo. There's a huge gulf of, of separation when they're when they're talking about players, talking about fantasy pros, and so uh, that there's a lot of guys because you got Trey Turner at number ten, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of guys that saying take him in the first round or very first pick. Yeah. So you just have to listen to yourself. Sure. I guess, and, and especially if, like we've said many times, you have to know what kind of league you're in because cats is not the same as points, and 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 what what's the uh, composition of the league? Do you sure. have middle infielders? Do you have out, you know all these different positions, which our league does, yeah, and it does have a DH and a utility position, yeah. So <laughs> a lot of leagues don't have that, yeah. So, you have to know what you're getting yourself into before you get into it. A hundred percent. Now we got opening day on Thursday. World Thursday. Baseball Classic just wrapped up. Is there going to be an impact, positive or negative, for the players uh, that played in World Baseball Classic? Will it help them start fast, or do you think there will be a drop off uh, coming off of that high energy World Baseball Classic into baseball season? <laughs> I think a lot of that because I listened to what you and your dad were talking about the other day. And uh, I think that a lot of that has to do with the individual player. Sure. And and so, uh, and and baseball is kind of funny in that if you're playing baseball, it's baseball, mm-hmm. right? So 
at spring training, a 95 mile an hour fastball is the exact same that you're going to get in the World Baseball Classic or the All Star Game or the World Series. You're playing baseball, and so that's why the All Star Game of baseball is far superior in every possible way than all the other sports. You can add them all together, and they don't come up to the baseball because all the other sports are not what they are during the regular season. Whether you're talking about NBA. NHL, yeah. NFL, certainly, because they don't even play a football game anymore <laughs> at the at the Pro Bowl. So I I think that a lot of guys that they're established major leaguers probably got more at bat because of the World Baseball Classic, because of spring training. It's all about different agendas, and it's, you know, getting all the guys. You got 40 guys that are on your roster, plus all these other people, and you may not get the at bats. Sure. Right? And you're yeah. not facing the guy who's number 67 on the Baltimore Orioles, let's just say, <laughs> you're facing a guy who's probably going to be on somebody's major league roster in every at-bat almost, yeah. especially when you got down towards the end where, you know, you had the final four teams and all that. And so I think that those guys are they're, – they're, they're all established major league players, so I don't see a whole lot of – maybe Randy Orozarena, you mentioned him. Mm-hmm. And uh, he might be a guy that you might want to make sure he doesn't fall off the emotional mountainside because he's still a young player, even though he's been around a couple of years. Yeah, I I think it's going to be mostly positive. I think guys yeah. are going to come in fresh. I mean, not fresh, but they're going to come in ready uh, versus some of the guys who just spent time in in spring training. Although some of these guys that have been have been raking in spring training, but. Uh, I think the momentum will carry over versus the drop off, but you're right. There could be, there could be some drop off for some guys, particularly individuals uh, with the wrong mindset may be coming in as well. All right, Kev, let's wrap this up. Uh, First of all, we'll be back next week to break down the first couple days of the season. We'll be talking about uh, fantasy stars and, uh, and that'll be the, uh, the Easter version of the fantasy baseball. You're right. It will be. Um, and no, 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 not next week. That's two weeks. Two weeks. weeks? Oh, Easter's two weeks. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you scared me there for a minute as a pastor. Okay. Make sure you're on the right clock. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Two weeks, two weeks, but, um, but great, great stuff. We'll be talking, we'll be actually talking real baseball come Sunday. Uh, next Sunday, we'll be talking about things that actually happen in real baseball. So that's going to be a blast. We'll start giving you ad and drop suggestions, We'll start talking about uh, again fantasy superstars and fantasy flubs as well. And we'll continue to bring a guest each week also. Visit RighteousFelon.com. Visit MahlerBros.com. Same promo code for both websites. Belly up. You're going to get 15% off your purchase at either of those websites. Make sure you also visit BellyUpFantasySports.com for all your fantasy needs there as well. He's Kevin Wilson. You can find him at Kevin62, W-I-L-S-E-A on Twitter. I'm Vince Stover. You can find me at Sports Stove on Twitter and Instagram as well. Any closing remarks, Kevin? Well, yeah, you didn't mention about the uh, the Belly Up Super Show. Oh, coming yes. up on Tuesday. Yeah, right. Where we're going to be talking real live baseball, not not fantasy so much, but. Uh, Man, I'm so and glad. So we're going to have guys that are going to be uh, coming on and talking about. We're going to review all the divisions and and uh, see what's what we got as far as baseball is concerned. 
And so I'm pretty jazzed up about that. And uh, I will have an article coming out that's uh, the post-draft pickups article, which will probably feature the, the rookies that sure. we've talked about earlier on, plus some other guys, because there are guys that are hurt. As we talked yeah. about Severino, hurt. Yeah. Hoskins, hurt. You know, Altuve, hurt. And so you might have guys on your team that are going on the IL. Who are you going to pick up? Correct. I'm going to answer that question yeah. in my next article. Great. Find that on BellyUpFantasySports.com. And I'm so glad you brought up the Super Show Tuesday, 8 o'clock on Belly Up Sports YouTube page. Uh, we'll be live there previewing the season, getting us ready for opening day. Uh, we'll have several personalities from Belly Up Sports on the show to talk about and preview different things. We're going to bring on our injury expert as well throughout at the middle of the show to talk about some of the injuries that have happened and get you prepared and ready for what is ahead, get you all knowledgeable on those things too. So, Kevin, thank you for remembering that. I can't believe I forgot it. Um, <laughs> so, well, I, don't, I don't know when, where, where, when Easter is, so I guess we're you know, yes, helping each other out there. Uh, yeah, that's why I pay Kevin the big bucks. All right, friends, thanks for tuning <laughs> into today's edition of the Sports Stove Fantasy Baseball Show. Until next time, we'll see you around the Sports Stove. See you there.